Hello and welcome to the Game Week 24 edition of the FPL School podcast. I'm your host Matthias and I am currently in Kevin's apartment because I've been traveling to London this week and um, yeah, I'm sitting right next to Kevin so we're sharing a mic today. He doesn't have a mic currently so I'm in control. But we have a different person with a mic here and that is uh, Kimo who is uh, celebrating his uh, beloved Milan's win over Tottenham yesterday. So Kimo, how are you doing? Good, pretty fresh. I thought you were going to say I'm celebrating the Valentine, which is <laughs> pretty shocking, but yeah. No, it's it's really good, really fresh to see Milan almost having higher chances to advance in the quarterfinal for the first time in ages. I don't know, I remember, probably since 27, 29, something like this. 2009, 2007, yeah, something like that. So it's been many years, so... Was good, good win. Could have won like three or four nil. I feel I've seen most of the game yesterday. I was like switching on and off between Bayern and PSG and uh, Milan. But yeah, lovely, lovely feeling. Yep. And Kevin is also here, so I'm gonna pass him the mic, and he's gonna be able to introduce himself and uh, talk about how he's had an amazing time this weekend and uh, this week because I'm here, obviously. So Kevin, how are you feeling? Yeah, not great. Um, so Matthias was here, which is a Pain in the ass as always. Uh, Everton lost pretty badly in the Merseyside derby. You know, complete contrast to what happened uh, with the Arsenal game. So very disappointed. Uh, very disappointed with FPL as well because, as you might see when you come to our scores, there have been some uh, unfortunate events. And uh, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say for now. Yeah. So we all had um, well, recent transfers that bit us in the ass, uh, but we'll move on from that. Uh, but Kimo had the best week out of the three of us, which says something because he only had 46 points, but that's a pretty decent game week. So, uh, Kimo, what happened? What made you have the I highest score this week? I like, realize it's the uh, best week. So I don't see any best in it. I think it's, it's pretty average, normal. I don't... Rashford was expected to score, as usual. He's on fire top form. Show that was like the extra assist that I didn't expect but I think he's with everyone so it doesn't really matter Zinchenko two points Ariza Balaga two points Trippier two points Fernandez was so close to score he was one on one with the goalkeeper but he had like a really bad shot Nketiah didn't do anything Mitrovic three goals he doesn't, he doesn't score really disappointing and the one on my bench he, he gets assist he, really, he played really well Andres I've seen most of the game so I don't see any any specific reason I've done well. Uh, my captaincy was in Holland. It was really really expected, and he's also captained by most of most of the people I think have Holland captain. I don't see any diverse um, the people that have gone crazy in a double game week. But yeah, no. still no. still have hopes on De Bruyne. He should deliver. He should justify. I think I would give him the last chance probably uh, tonight and see where I will take it from there. So yeah. Yeah, obviously we're recording on Wednesday as usual, so the Man City Arsenal game hasn't been played yet. But uh, so far, so good in terms of not using triple captain for you, because you could have used triple captain on Holland like a lot of other people did. But he didn't get to take the penalty. Uh, Mars took it rather than him, which was kind of confusing. And then he got subbed off at the half. So yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on the Holland? Do you wish you or are you happy that you didn't triple captain? I I am very happy I didn't triple captain. I ne- I never said I never even had it like to consider to triple captain him and I don't know if there's so many out there I haven't seen so much who have triple captained uh, Holland this uh, this game week but I think the penalty thing I was so confusing so surprising Mahrez has 
missed a lot of penalties recently, but I don't know. They had like a long discussion and and so on. But yeah, for me, it didn't really matter. He he should have scored from an open play anyway. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see what, what happens. What about, what about you? Did you? Did you feel disappointed? or? Well, in terms of uh, Holland? Yeah, like that he didn't take the penalty. I didn't really care. I care more about Morris uh, taking it and scoring it because obviously I thought about bringing him in and uh, yeah. we'll get to Kevin's team as well. And uh, he had the same thoughts. But anyways, um, but yeah, you said there's nothing special about Shaw, but what's special is that neither me or Kevin have Shaw. So <laughs> yeah. that's why I had... A horrible game week. Uh, I only had Rashford and Holland basically get any point returns. Holland got an assist, and uh, it was a really nice assist to be fair. But mm. then obviously didn't take the penalty and so off. But Holland doesn't really matter. Everyone captained him, yeah. and Rashford doesn't really matter. Everyone has him. So for the as for the rest of my team, um, no points uh, at all. Yeah. It's just blank, 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 blank all across the board. Like you said, Fernandez should have scored. He had a one on one against the goalkeeper. He scores that eight out of ten times. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Yeah. It was, it was so weird. He had like yes. an extra unnecessary chance. Should have smashed it somehow. I don't know. It was really annoying to see. Yeah, it was really, really strange. Um, but anyways, not much else to say about my team. Uh, we'll move on to Kevin, who was uh, lucky enough to sell Fernandez because uh, Fernandez didn't score that uh, goal, mm -hmm. obviously. But pa the, this past week, he sold Salah to get Fernandez and then De Bruyne hasn't delivered but Kevin can speak more about that I've had the mic for the whole time now so <laughs> Kevin finally gets to speak so take yeah. us through your team Kevin and uh, what made you annoyed uh, as well please please start with Mituma Almiron thing because I remember you were in in confusion yeah so uh, to start things off yeah the Almiron thing uh, and Mitoma, I decided to back my boy Mitoma because he's in form and Almiron's been blanking and of course it ends up being that Matoma blanked, despite the constant chances that Brighton were creating in that game, and Almiron scored this one random goal. So of and course, three well. yeah, of course, it comes to bite me in the ass, and uh, therefore I only have thirty-eight when I could have had more, and all this type of stuff. So it's a bit frustrating, and all, obviously, I went with De Bruyne, even though I'd said in the previous broadcast that I'd go mm -hmm. for Mars. I think the reason why I got deterred from uh, Morris was the fact that I was scared that he might somehow get benched in one of the games, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I thought if it were one game that he'd be benched, it was against Aston Villa and they'd keep him fresh for the uh, Arsenal game, but then it ended up being that uh, he played. He stole a penalty from Holland, uh, which I guess sort of benefits me, sort of doesn't in regards to the triple captains and all this mm -hmm. type of stuff. At the end of the day, it screwed me because I don't have Mars, so... Other than that, um, not happy with this team, not happy with this game week, but you can't expect 100-plus uh, game weeks every week because last week was phenomenal and everything went correctly and stuff. And this time around, everyone pretty much blanked. We'll have to wait and see with the Arsenal City game. Hopefully, it's like a 4-3. Every literal asset that I have scores in Ketia, White, Saka, De Bruyne, Holland. And if that happens, you know, we're in Dreamland. We're, you know, back up 60-plus. But I think I shouldn't be too sad considering the fact that most teams, if you look, if, if yeah. most teams did pretty poorly. And I think the main thing and the joke is that if you did well, it's because you're bad at FPL. So, you I know think, what? I think two of the teams had similar score and the ones who had like higher than 50 or something they usually had like either uh, Riyad Mahrez or 
or Almiron or yeah. Riyad Mahrez and Almiron together. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, I see. I see most of most of the teams. Yeah, one here at my one of the many links. Yeah, yeah. And Soli Marsh also. He's in some teams as well. I can yeah. see sneaking in so many teams. So other than that, if you don't have Soli Marsh and Mahrez and and Almiron, then your team did average just like anyone. And we gambled on me and you and many gambled on De Bruyne to yeah to do that to do that one goal or one goal one assist so we so we have like a something special and it turned out in our faces that Almiron that <laughs> either you sold like me or Matthias or 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 Soli Marsh who who does the business so yeah yeah I mean the thing about De Bruyne as well is he's one he's he's got 97 assists in the Premier League he's three away from 100 like you know he's gunning for it and yeah. especially in the Aston Villa game, he probably should have had a few assists and was behind every goal. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. feel... I feel justified in bringing him in because he had a really good game. It's just that it didn't reflect in FPL, which is always the annoying thing, right? Because you do want all the players that get the yeah. assist or get the goal. But I think De Bruyne can still um, we'll do see. well against Arsenal, but we'll see. He might get a red card. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our... Uh, our average game weeks, uh, really. Uh, Kimo with Shaw was the only remarkable thing about any of them. Uh, also, it should be noted as well, Saka scored uh, or got an assist for Kevin, so he's the only yeah. one with Saka. Saka is the best, probably the best Arsenal option going forward. So I think so. He, he was trying so hard to score. Yeah, so it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I didn't mention it on my own uh, thing, but obviously my one transfer was Almiron to Mitoma, which really burned me. Kevin uh, warned me last podcast that he didn't want the uh, Mitoma stink from me, and uh, that's what happened. I sold Almiron, who scored, and uh, yeah, got Mitoma, who didn't do anything. But I'm happy with Mitoma going forward. That's what we'll see in the weekly wildcard drafts. But before we get to the weekly wildcard drafts, we'll get to the fixture ticker. And uh, the fixture ticker is... Uh, there's a lot of information to take in uh, in this one, and I'm just going to quickly, before I move on to you guys and you can comment, I'm just going to talk about the doubles and blanks and all the stuff that comes with it. And um, yeah, so basically the coming game week 24, regular game week, one of the few regular game weeks we have left. Um, then game week 25 is really interesting. It's really a rare occurrence when it comes to FPL. It's both a blank and a double game week at the same time. So as you can see, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Man United blank, while Arsenal, Liverpool, Everton and Wolves play double game weeks. Mm. What's also interesting about uh, Brentford and Brighton in particular is that they get a double game week in 27 and then they blank again in 28. So I'm wondering, Kimo, what do you think about Brentford and Brighton assets uh, going forward now with two blanks and then a double game week in between? Like, does that affect what you do with your chips? Does that affect, would you bring in someone for game week 27 and then sell them in 28? Like, what's your plan in terms of Brentford and Brighton players? Because they're both in good form and they have good fixtures, but they just have the two Mm. blanks. So what are your thoughts about that? And then Kevin can talk about that as well after you're done. I think I think it would be tempting to to get one or two like one from Brighton and one from uh, from uh, Brentford, especially on the twenty seven. But I think so. Also, you need to consider that they have uh, those blanks. That if you make like a calculation that one single uh, game week player can match uh, Brighton and uh, Brentford players at this time, so. So I would um, I wouldn't do the unnecessary minus to get them in and get rid of them. But I I, I fancy Brentford at least to to score goals in those two fixtures. So so Tony could be someone that you could highlight, especially that you have a lot of um, forwards who's not delivering at the moment. Neither Mitrovic, Kitia, and so many 
they are not so popular. So I think Tony is the only one standing in there. Brighton could be also tricky. They have like Leeds with a new manager now and Crystal Palace who are having a really bad platform. So I think maximum two players or or one and I would really consider it carefully if I have if I see like a player like Madison is doing really in a good form. We're gonna speak about him later, but I mean like yeah. He he doesn't have like uh, he has a blanks, but I mean like it's an example if the, if a player like Madison who's doing really good recently and he doesn't have blanks and he doesn't have like double game weeks as well, so I would consider this over a double game week player from Brentford and Brighton. So yeah, I I think so. It's 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 really tempting, but yeah. I mean, in regards to that, I totally agree. I'm in action, like total agreement in the sense that I have Matoma and I'm more than happy to stash him when he's blanking, but I don't feel necessary that I need to get, you know, Estupinian or Sanchez and all these additional players on top of that. And in regards to Tony, the only uh, counter pick I guess I have to Tony is that I've liked the former Brian Mbomo. Like, I think he's... Mm. Mbomo, just generally speaking, has been really good uh, in the blanks that tony has had and stuff like that and then you can argue oh tony had an offside goal anyways and etc but regardless tony got the goal he's back he he's very streaky so if but there so, is southampton away i mean like look at that, that yeah that's a that's a nice fixture and yeah they, they do well away from home as well yeah definitely and i think uh, tony is a very streaky player but like you said just because um you have a Tony or you have Matoma, it doesn't mean then you have to additionally get Ben Mee, you know, mm. or David oh. Raya or anything like that. Like, I think having one player from each team is fine and then just stashing them accordingly or just get them in for the double game week and then you're fine, mm. really, realistically speaking. Because on the, on the long term, if, if Brighton has like a better fixture after the, the blanks, then, then I would consider Ben Mee. Yeah, sure. But he, he's not like a, a sexy pick anyway to score goals and and make assists. So, I don't, in in terms of pick anyway from Brentford, I don't see anyone rather than Tony. Okay. Jensen maybe, but yeah, that's here and there. Brighton, that's that's where the discussion will be. Like either Solimarch or Matoma, or that you would want one really long term. You would really have to count on that you have one player from Brighton and then you can have him as a bench in the next uh, game. It depends on the size of your team. So Yeah, yeah I think I agree with uh, Kimo in terms of uh, Brentford players. I think Ivan Tony, considered, like, assuming he's not banned at that point, he also has, yeah. eight, he also has eight yellow cards, <laughs> you, which should be noted. You've been... You've been <laughs> I've talked about that every week, but yeah. we still don't know what's going to happen, happen with this betting scandal. Uh, but yeah, and when that will happen. Uh, but you should also keep in mind that he has eight yellow cards, so he's only two yellow cards away from having a two-game mm-hmm. suspension as well. So... He's a bit risky in terms of that, but you know that by Game Week 27, you'll know if he'll have the suspension or not. Maybe he's on nine cards uh, before Game Week 27, then it would be too risky for me, I think, to bring him in. Because um, mm-hmm. I think with Tony, the the appealing thing about him is he would be the best captain option, captain's option in 27, by far, I think. Mm. Um, I think he's more reliable than um, than Mitulma and all these Brighton players. Um, Estupinian is another one who's also interesting um, if you have if you don't have a Brighton player already. But yeah. I think Tony makes makes the most sense as a captain pick, and uh, that's the thing because like they they double in twenty seven and then they blank in twenty eight, but they play two matches just like every other team. The only only difference is that Tony gets to be a captaincy option uh, in one mm. of the game weeks. 
So I think people are too scared. Uh, that that accounts for me as well. People are too scared about uh, having blank players, like players that don't play. Uh, you you can survive a game week with ten players. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Looking at twenty eight, for example, which is I've seen a lot of people think about using free hit in twenty eight, but I'm just asking like why? Because you should have three Arsenal players already. And then mm. Chelsea have a good match, but you should have two or three Chelsea players by that point as well, easily. Yeah. Without without a free hit, and then Aston Villa. Do you I'm, really... gonna, I'm gonna start to build for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and are you really gonna free hit only to get Buendia and Watkins from yeah. Aston Villa? Because other than that, it, there's not that many good good matches to target in 28, unless Liverpool get a match. But then again, Liverpool Fulham. Who knows what's gonna happen between those two teams? It's it's a really difficult match to predict as well. So. I feel like free hit 28 is a bit of a waste. Um, so I, I, I'm going to stick with my plan of um, just using regular transfers until um, uh, game week, uh, when I do the wildcard in game week 33. Mm. So I'm going to just target players that play in 28 and 32. And then I'm going to use free hit in 29, which is a double game week. We still don't know uh, exactly what the double game weeks will be, which teams will get two game two matches and which uh, teams will only get one. And we don't know which uh, teams they will face as well. So I think Game Week 29 seems like a really good time to to do a free hit because you can't really plan for it. But it's still an amazing Game Week to have um, doubled up or have mm-hmm. every single player have a double Game Week. So I still think that's the best strategy. Um, I've seen a lot of other FPL content creators lately talk about like different strategies. Now that there's a double Game Week 27, some people are doing wildcard in 27 and, and free hit in 28. But I, I feel like it's a, it's a huge missed opportunity because, like you said, you don't really want that many Brentford or Brighton players in 27 anyway. No. I think even even if you had if if you had like a free hit in 27. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't pick a lot of them if I had a free hit. If I had unlimited yeah. free transfers. No. I think I think like ideally, even in like a perfect game week for them where they play Leeds and Crystal Palace, uh, Brighton, I'd still only have Estupinion and Mitoma probably, maybe March yeah. as well. But like, I think not... that Everton game will be one nil for Everton. I think so. Yeah, potentially. Kevin's happy about yeah. that. No, but yeah, it's it's a typical typical Chandash yeah. one game. It's it's all about the Southampton away game. I think so. So I will. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, and that's but also the Fulham game is really appealing. It's really appealing. Yeah, the Fulham before the Fulham at home before Southampton Everton away. So, but then again, Fulham are a different team now than they were before the World Cup break. Because I looked, uh, I looked a bit at Fulham, and they've only conceded one goal. You go, uh, or less since the World Cup break, but they have a high expected goals conceded. Yeah, points. you can see they have nine point thirteen, which is which is pretty high to be fair. Mm. But they don't re- they haven't really conceded that much either. Um, don't know what that is. That might just be a variance, but it might also be that they have I don't know. Uh, XG usually turns into high amounts of uh, goals, but who knows? But they haven't really conceded that much. They're only one uh, or less every game since the World Cup break. And they haven't scored that much either. I think that's also part of it. Like, they don't have goals to rely on. Uh, like, they haven't scored three goals already, so they don't really... They, they need to keep a clean sheet now, more than they did before. Uh, but anyways, we touched a little bit about... It was it was 3-2 for Fulham the, the last game, and 3-0 to Brentford the game before in the Cup, and 2-1 to Fulham. So there is a lot of goals also. So. Yeah, in, in the Brentford-Fulham matches yeah. historically. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying Fulham recently against all the other teams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. I got convinced. Like, I wish if I had both like a defender from them, but yeah. Yeah, but we also barely touched on uh, Everton. You mentioned them briefly. Um, they're also a really interesting team because they double in 25 and they play in 28. 
obviously they don't have the best double fixture in terms of playing Arsenal away and they have Chelsea away in game week 28 but I'm going to hand the mic over to the resident Everton fan Kevin and uh, once again ask him if there's any options from Everton other than Tarkovsky because he's been like sort of like a main guy are there anyone else that you're considering because the expected goals is still pretty pretty damn bad 5.34 so what do you think about Everton assets Kevin? I think uh, when it comes, or when you boil down to it, uh, I think a lot of it's due to the fact that Demar Gray hasn't been starting matches due to injuries and stuff like that. And obviously, Calvert-Lewin, once the two of them are back, I think they're mm. viable options, especially Demar Gray, who's very cheap, and you're looking for a differential midfield uh, player who could potentially be playing at striker because... Sims isn't ready, unfortunately. Yeah, Gray, Gray is, uh, is. I can see him flourishing under Shandash. Uh, yeah. Somehow, like uh, McNeil in 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 his latest period with Dash and at Burnley, something like this. Yeah, exactly. And I also because Demar Gray has played striker for us a few times yes. uh, in the seasons, and you know has looked good and scored. So I think the main thing is there's talks that. Um, Calvert-Lewin might make the bench for this upcoming match and then from there on should be playing again. So I think a lot of the uh, fortunes will look up, especially the fact that we have uh, mm. quite a few uh, home games as well. So I think best asset is obviously the one that's been mentioned, which is Tarkowski, you know, who's constantly a goal threat, very good at defending and all this type of stuff. Mm. But if you were to look for a differential, I'd say Damari Gray. And eventually down the line, I think Calvert-Lewin will come good. I've been saying this for a year now because he's been injured for so long. But literally, as he came back, he scored against Crystal Palace straight away and looked really good. So I think those are the three main players to aim for from Everton. I think the Leeds match, like you said, is a good opportunity for us to get back into it. I also think Aston Villa are super inconsistent right now. So... I think we can see a, a good four points out of six from those two games. I'm hoping for a six-pointer, obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Arsenal away game does not look that tasty. Uh, same goes for Forrest, who have been really solid at home. And uh, mm. But, you know, by then we'll have a real feeling of, dice ball and whether you know the arsenal win was just a fluke or whether that's actually what we're capable of at home so yeah mm. i think those are my three recommendations and uh come on you blues but uh one thing also about um patterson nathan patterson he, he's in he's in the grass as well i saw some pictures for the training mm. and i'm not sure if he's gonna start right away but it's a good news at least to see him back but most of the fans on everton and twitter they are saying that he would start right away yes he didn't participate in the group training <clears throat> but yeah at least good to see him not yeah because coleman and mikolenko got skinned by liverpool on the counter attacks and stuff like that and i i love coleman to bits but he doesn't have the pace anymore that he's known for and being able to do these we, lo- we love him things. as a legend I mean, yeah, yeah of course he's always a legend and i'm more than happy to have him in the team and in the squad, but it's just a simple matter of the fact that Patterson I is think, just way better at this rate. And yeah. Mikolenko uh, needs to be mm. uh, sold. I'm sorry. Like, I think it was worth the effort. He did some cool things during the Lampard era, um, but that's it. He's been terrible all season. Uh, I think Everton really are desperate to get a left back. If, I'd rather play Patterson or Godfrey at left back than continue playing Michelangelo. I just 
I think mm-hmm. he's just terrible. But you got to back him until the end of the season at the very least. So hopefully, I, I think Coleman, turns good. Coleman is one of the oldest fantasy uh, assets <laughs> yeah. in the game. I think since I ever started playing the game, Ashley Young is the oldest. Player. I think he's, he's he's with me from season one, two thousand seven. Ashley Young has been on the game since 2007 and he's still he's still an FPL asset and I think Coleman is the second oldest for me if if I'm not mistaken I don't know if I, if you remember anyone yeah. who's do, that, do you think anyone who's in the game way more than Coleman and uh, Young at the moment that could be a fun little uh, YouTube short that we can make so yes. um, yeah look yeah. out for that I guess in the future really really gorgeous to see Ashley Young <laughs> still kicking it and I mean he. he since I started the game. Oh, yeah. Good. But one thing also I want to highlight here is, is Liverpool attacking stats in the last six. Mm-hmm. Decent numbers, I think, in terms of almost 11 expected. Are they back in terms of scoring? Or was that a show for a derby? I don't know. I think that's the question as well. But I think with Liverpool, what's been consistent throughout mm-hmm. the whole season is that they're really, really, really good at home and they're really, really, really bad at away. So that's mm-hmm. been the case before the World Cup break. It's been the case after the World Cup break. Mm-hmm. I have the table here, actually. And uh, at home, they have seven wins, three draws and one loss only mm-hmm. with 24 points. And then away, they're the 15th best team away. And that's mm-hmm. two wins, two draws and six losses. Only yeah. 11 goals and then 19 conceded. So mm-hmm. they're... An Anfield team, really. And uh, looking at their fixtures going forward, they have two upcoming away games. Well, obviously, they have double game week 25, but they have mm-hmm. away against Newcastle. But then it, it turns interesting for them because they have a double game week. Um, Palace away, even even though they're, they're shit away, Palace are just terrible in general. As you can see from Palace, mm-hmm. expected goals, expected goals conceded, they're both, both of them are in the bottom three. Mm-hmm. Really bad. So even though Palace have a double game week and they don't have any blanks, I wouldn't consider a single Palace player <laughs> currently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Liverpool, from Gaming 25 onwards, I think they're a really good bet. Um, Gaming 28 is still up in the air, and we'll only know about if they blank or not in that fixture until after Gaming 25, which is kind of why it's risky to double up or triple up on Liverpool for Gaming 25, because you don't know if they're mm-hmm. going to play in 28 or not. So we'll get to know that during the, um, like when the other teams uh, blank and stuff, or right after Gaming 25, we'll figure out if Liverpool will blank or not. And that's up to, because um, Liverpool are already out of the FA Cup, but Fulham and Leeds face each other in the FA Cup. And if Fulham win, then Liverpool and Fulham will blank in Gaming 28. And if Leeds yeah. win, then Wolverhampton and Leeds will blank in 28. And we won't know that until before the Gaming 26 deadline. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, Liverpool are, are really interesting, like I said. Um, but yeah, I think just to summarize, I think Arsenal, you should be tripled up. We've said this for the last couple of game weeks. And then Liverpool... Um, look to have at least one good Liverpool player for 25, potentially even two. That will be a big discussion for us next week. But I think, um, I, think I, I noticed something also that's really annoying. Whenever the ball comes to Nunez, apart from the assist, he's not matching with the style of player of Salah mm-hmm. in, the, in the quick counter-attack. Apart from that goal. He, he wanted to do something else in his head in the counter-attack, but at some moment, he okay. It was difficult Al Pasto Salah. But other than that, in many repeated tactic uh, players, I think I felt that um, Nunes is not linking really well with Salah. He's, he's destroying the way Salah plays again. Mm. Yeah. Speaking as an Egyptian, I can hear the anger in your voice. Uh, no, no, <laughs> but I mean, like, it's, it's a way of seeing Lever- Klopp admitted, Klopp said it many times that we Salah cannot link with a new style of play. He, he He's missing Firmino and Mane and that like direct football that Klopp mm-hmm. used to do. But 
with Nunes, he's he's really taking one or two extra touches at running Liverpool style. I think so. Yeah, that's the interesting um, thing about Liverpool as well. They have last game now against Everton. They had Van Dijk, Jota, and Firmino all on the bench, um, yeah, so they're coming yeah, back, yeah, and that will be. strengthen them both going forward and defensively. So, if I, think, I was a Liverpool player, I won a derby against Everton, and I see my captain Van Dijk is back and. And, and Jota and so on, I would feel much more hungry, especially if they win the, against Newcastle the next game. Yeah. Um, they would have much more uh, higher dreams to reach the Champions League. So. Yeah, I think Liverpool are really interesting, but that's from Game Week 25 onwards, so we'll talk more about that next week. Um, yeah, for this week, yeah. there's another team that's really interesting, and that's something we'll get to in uh, Make the Case, but I'll just mention it right before we move on to the next slide. And that is Chelsea. They're number three in the fixture checker in terms of um, their fixtures, and they don't have a single yeah. blank. They don't have a double either, but they have such good fixtures. Southampton at home, Tottenham away could go anyway, anywhere. Like we don't really know. Spurs are incredibly difficult mm. to to pinpoint where they where they'll go. Leeds at home, still an easy match. Leicester away, Leicester concede a lot of goals, uh, regardless of if it's home and away. And Everton at home, we've just seen Everton got get killed by Liverpool. So yeah. Chelsea are really interesting, and that will be reflected in this week's Make the Case. And this week, we've just done like a regular Make the Case. We were just picking the best player available, and uh, the only exception exceptions are Holland, because it's really boring to talk about Holland. We all know he's in every single team, and Arsenal players, because we said triple up on Arsenal, um, pretty much. So Saka, Odegaard, potentially Enketia, a defender. You know what to do with those guys. But out of the rest of the players, uh, we got to select freely. And um, you have one player in mind, Kimo, especially mm. this game week. And that is Joao Felix. And that's your first pick. And uh, as you can see, i just got to say this before you make the case for Felix. The statistics is just from one match, which is kind of interesting because his statistics are really, really, really good. Just from one well, match. Yeah. You don't count the Fulham game? <laughs> No, I'm. I'm just because he played. He played the the. This is his first full match back since uh, he was suspended and stuff. And uh, yeah, so basically, if you, if you take all those numbers and then times four, you get the numbers that uh, you, we usually have in this section. But, anyways, uh, you can make the case for Felix. You need a new striker. Uh, I know. And, I, I think uh, the case. The case has to start that. Who are the good strikers right now? Very few, mm -hmm. apart from Tony, Holland is essential. I think I think I don't see anyone. Mitrovic is an old case right now. So, in order to jump on a differential for the forwards, I think Felix was from the first twenty minutes before he get a red card at Fulham, he was really sharp. He was really into something. You know what I mean? He he always asking for the ball, always shooting, always. Mm. Um, he missed a big chance as well. He could have scored against Fulham. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean. Um, the, the last game as well, he was outstanding, really performing really well and scored the goal. But apart, I didn't, really, didn't want him to score that goal because I really wanted to choose him without uh, scoring that goal and just be not be jumping on a bandwagon and so on. But yeah, I think the stats is, is okay. It's not only for the stats. The only thing that I see as a weakness in choosing Felix is He's playing in a side that's really unstable and they don't score that much goals. But other than that, I'm pretty sure that he's going to do well in the next four game weeks. For me, I'm going to buy him and we will come to that later. So, yeah. Did yeah. you have any yeah. thoughts about Felix? Or? Uh, yeah, I think Felix is a great shout. Uh, currently, I'm pretty happy with my strikers still. I don't really want to sell any of them yeah. uh, currently, so I'm not going to bring him in personally. But I think it's it's a great option. I'm, I'm definitely tempted by him. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, it's just it's just a matter of which players are your strikers. Like I have currently have Holland, uh, Kane, and uh, Enketia, and I feel like going forward they're they're fine. Uh, if I could wildcard now, I'd have Felix over yeah, one of them, nice. potentially Kane. But... He's he's also not that expensive, seven point five. So if yeah. it, if it was like a nine or or ten point five or something like a, a a typical price for a forward in Chelsea, I would have made a made a thought. But seven point five doesn't cost anything. But yeah, our names are a little bit changing at the yeah. moment, but it's Kevin, kind of Kevin it's noticed. Funny. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so yeah, obviously the the Twitter handles are incorrect in this slide, but they should be fine in all the other Nobody slides. Nobody adds so. me on Twitter anyway, so yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Anyways, yeah, you can. Uh, this is a prompt for you to follow us on Twitter. Obviously, if you want to follow Kimo, you got to follow at Kevin. No, sorry. <laughs> if you want to follow uh, Kimo, you want to follow at Thirteen Kushi, which is under my name here yeah, for some yeah. reason, and then. Kevin is at Kevin Isanka and I'm at Ma Eftada. And yeah, you can look at the name to see how we spell it. But anyways, that's not a big issue. Um, I'm just going to ask you've Kevin. You've as- been inspired by Robertson, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move on to Robertson pretty quickly. But I'm just going to have uh, Kevin also have his input on Felix as well. Um, what are your current thoughts about Felix? Is he someone you're considering bringing in? And what are your striker options anyway? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I've... Uh, vouched for Felix for quite some time, just generally speaking from my background watching La Liga. I'm fully aware that this is a mega talent who's just needed the correct manager to get the best out of him. And I think where he's now finally the focal point of an attack, I think we're going to see a lot of attacking returns, especially considering how he looked against um, West Ham, the sort of instant connection that he has with Enzo Fernandez, who is more than willing to give him through ball after through ball. Like, it's looking really good. And I think if Enketia continues to sort of blank um, here and there, and despite him having the doubles and stuff like that, I'm more than happy to switch him out for someone who I know looks good on the ball, can create chances, but can score them, which is the most important thing that you want out of a striker. So, yeah, definitely. I think. Uh, He's one for consideration. I yeah. And for me, I personally, I think Kane is going to stay in my team for the rest of the season simply yeah. b- due yeah. to his fixtures and because he is the second best striker in the game, right? 18 so, goals or 17 has, has, has Kane scored. Yeah, uh, I think uh, 17? 17, yeah. 17, and he's got a few assists really, as well. Really, really huge, really yeah. huge. But uh, Felix is looking, to me, like the third striker because he's got really decent matches. And again, I think that he'll be their penalty taker as well once that they come to that. I mean, um, I know that this is make the case, so I shouldn't be defending another person's pick so much, but he is a very, 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 very big talent and someone that everyone should be looking out for that's definitely for sure nice yep so kevin made a really good case for felix there as well <laughs> and uh but yeah before we move on to kevin's actual case which is uh, reese james he's been talking about james for the last few weeks uh i'm going to talk about someone we also talked about last week because last week we had the best liverpool assets and um robertson was picked as number two i think that was uh kevin's pick actually last week uh but yeah He's still the number two pick this week. I still think Robertson is uh, one of the main players to target going forward. Um, the interesting thing about the Everton fixture is that he got a yellow card because 
I figured Robertson is one of those one of those guys that picks up stupid yellow cards here and there, but that was actually his first yellow card of the season, which is really yeah. surprising to me. Uh, but that bodes well for him in terms of fantasy. He uh, what also terms uh, or looks good for him in fantasy is the fact that he's so attacking, as you saw in the um, second Liverpool goal, where the pass from Trent went to Kakpo, who scored his first goal for Liverpool. Mm. <clears throat> the pass was actually meant for Robertson, who was in the middle of the <laughs> middle of the box, ready to score a goal. So that tells you something about how attacking he is. And um, he's always also nailed. Plays pretty much every match for for Liverpool. They have a double game week coming yeah. up. I think the case for him makes itself, really. Um, we know what he can do as a fancy asset. So, yeah, he's just really good. It's just a, part, just a matter of Liverpool defense, if it's a good defense or not. But, yeah. But, but why not uh, Trent? <coughs> I think Robertson is more nailed. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's just a better option. But yeah, yeah, I'll move it on to Kevin because I'm struggling with my voice again. I need to drink some water. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Kevin, make you the case for Reese James. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think uh, Reese James, for me, it just is an absolute stud. There's a reason why uh, he scored so many big, big points in the beginning of the season and obviously got injured, got very unlucky with the World Cup, and uh, etc. And therefore hasn't really been the FPL asset that we all know that he can be. But he's back now. Uh, if you, if anyone's been watching Chelsea, everything goes through the right, which I feel bad because Mudrik is on the left wing, but everything keeps going through the right because they constantly just look for James to do something on the right, right? And he does a lot of overlapping runs, a lot of good crosses, I think. Anyone I who has he's the new Cucurella for Graham Potter, I, I think so. Yeah. He, he, he tried to make him a new version of Cucurella, but even though he has Cucurella, yeah, like, <laughs> he seems to hate him. But yeah, uh, I think Reese James is just eventually going to become that FPL player that we all know and love. And I think um, you should get in early before um, you know a big hole hits, because I have a feeling that he's going to hole in one of these random games where he gets either a goal or an assist to Juan Felix, the man who uh, scored against West Ham. So I think the minutes, only... His minutes is really a big issue because he spoke recently about that, how he he doesn't want to play every minute because he wants to stay injury clean. Yes. During... So, yeah. it, it can be positive that he can be taken out at 60 minutes or something, but it can be stopping him from getting much more chances and so on. I felt that way too, uh, but it was really encouraging to see that he played, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he played all 90 of the West Ham game, which I didn't expect considering the fact that he was taken out with uh, 59 minutes and 30 seconds or whatever bullshit that cost me a clean sheet the other week. But um, that to me is encouraging. We'll, we will know uh, as well in the Champions League match what happens there if he plays 60 or 90 uh, against Dortmund, so I think um, that should deter anyone who's afraid of the minutes uh, played. But I think in terms of uh, everything else, that it, it seems fine. It seems like he's back in action. Didn't seem like he was feeling too many injuries. He was doing a hundred percent sprints and all this type of stuff. And I think we're about to get the best version of Reese James. That's the case for Reese James. He played 90 minutes last last game, so it looks like he's back in and fit and ready to play. So 
I think he's a good good option. I personally think Padeshile is the better Chelsea defender, defensive option for a cheaper price, and he's also been good uh, on like set pieces and stuff. Yeah. But like Kevin said, the thing with Reese James is his big haul potential, big points potential, as it says in the pros there. He's proven before in in the Premier League that when he's fit and healthy, he's one of the best fancy assets in the whole in the whole game, really. So, yeah, there's a decent case to be made for him as well. I always have him have him in my own team uh, personally. I held him through the whole injury issues after the World Cup break, so I'm just gonna stick with him and hope that Kevin's um, predictions of a big haul comes true at some point. I'm happy I didn't do that against West Ham because I benched him, but. Anyways, so those are our best cases made for the remaining players, apart from Holland and uh, Arsenal players, and we'll move on to the weekly wildcard draft. I'm sorry about my voice. It's the third podcast in a row, I think, where my voice has been acting up, so there's something wrong with my throat. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, but anyways, we're moving on to the weekly wildcard draft, um, at least as far as my voice will allow me to. Um, but yeah, first pick this week is uh, Kimo. And uh, he went with Saka, number one. Like we said, probably the best Arsenal pick. Arsenal is the main team to target. I'm going with Erdogan again. I think he's the second or best or or first best Arsenal pick. Kevin has gone with Kane, which is kind of interesting because Kane and Spurs have looked pretty terrible the last two games, both in the Champions League against Milan, didn't really do much. And then uh, last game week against Leicester, he looked pretty bad. But he has West Ham at home, so... um, Kevin, what do you think about the Kane pick? Why is he your main striker going forward? I think it's uh, mainly because Kane has really good fixtures going forward, as I mentioned previously. And um, I just believe that with Holland, there seems to be a lot of um, small injuries and stuff like that that's coming up. And uh, also when it comes to the matches, it's not the best uh, comparatively. Um, So... Yeah, that's that's the only reason why. I mean, we're not stupid. Of course, we picked Holland as well. But I just think right now, um, mm. Kane isn't the worst option uh, at all. And we know he's Kane; so he's just always so good at home as well. So um, I expect, uh, considering everything that's happened with them recently as well, there's going to be a big, big uh, match or statement match sort of thing. Why not do it against West Ham? Yeah. Uh, hopefully he doesn't do it against West Ham, but I'm uh, <laughs> I'm painfully aware that last time Kane looked horrible and Spurs looked horrible against um, Aston Villa. Uh, they turned around and uh, Kane had his highest point score of the season with 16 the next game week when I sold him. So I know uh, that Kane can strike back even if Spurs and Kane have looked mm. bad recently. So I still think it's a good option to hold uh, if you yeah. have, if you have him. I wouldn't. Prop- I don't think I'd buy him. Okay, maybe, have, maybe I'd buy him. Chelsea, they have Chelsea and Wolverhampton, which uh, they are not the best fixtures after West Ham. So that's my only concern. Yeah, they have okay fixtures. But I think from game 28, when they blank, and probably they bl- probably blank in 32 as well. I'm not sure about 29 if they double or not, but I think I'm going to sell him in 28 personally. But I still think he's a great option for the next four game weeks. So I kind of back Kevin there. Mm-hmm. Then, Joao Felix, we've obviously made the, made the case for him already, both, mm-hmm. well, all of us really, uh, we have easy. faith in him, so that's an easy pick for Kimo. And I picked Holland, I think he's also an easy pick still, yeah. even though they've struggled, and it should be noted, three of their next four matches are away from home, and it was really interesting, because I looked at the home and away tables, and uh, City away from home, they've scored only 15 goals in 10 games. Mm. which is very little. Comparatively, Leicester, who obviously don't have the best fixtures going forward, but they have Kalecci Nacho, who's the hottest player in the Premier League right now. 
Leicester scored 21 goals in the same amount of away games. So City away is pretty like low scoring games. They've scored mm-hmm. 15 goals and conceded nine Especially only. Versus Skiller Navas. Yeah, and and like you said, they they're playing Nottingham Forest this uh, this game week. So that will be the discussion pretty soon in terms of captaincy. What well, we'll do that, but um, we move on f- with the wildcard drafts for now. But Holland is still just an obvious pick. Kevin made case for Reece James already uh, makes a lot of sense. And now we come to Madison, which, like I said, Leicester, they have pretty terrible matches, but I, they are in such good form. So Kimo's still backing him. So, yeah, Leeds, make, Leeds make the case for scored, Madison. Leeds have scored against Manchester United. So many teams have scored against Manchester United. And I think Leicester can be one of the teams who can score against Manchester United. Every time Leicester plays, they have just won against a big team, which is Tottenham uh, Hotspur. But Every time Leicester scores, Madison is really heavily involved. I would exclude the game against Arsenal as like a really difficult one, but Southampton and Chelsea, they are games for Leicester to score against. For me, I think Madison is is, is on fire, even though, um, I mean, like uh, Rogers has uh, spoken recently, he said he's playing at his best. Finally, he plays as number 10, not in the left or the right. He's having his best time and so on. So, yeah, you could bench him, but for me, if I had the chance, I would have played. And really, slightly owned by some, uh, very few people, so yeah. Yeah, so like uh, we talked about Kane earlier, but Kane and Leicester, or Spurs and Leicester are in the same situation. They have four matches, no doubles, and then they blank in 28. So I mean, if you're going to do a wild card, you would have a complete selection that will back you when you are missing uh, one or two players. I think so. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how we go. But Leicester, assuming that they keep scoring, then obviously they're a great option. Like they don't have, yeah. they they don't have a fixture in twenty eight, but that counts for most teams. So I I, I will have him fine. at one point very soon at my team. Yeah, as I had him at the first uh, game game week of the season. Yeah, Mitoma, we don't yeah. need to. I'm watch. still liking Mitoma. Uh, double game week and all that stuff. We've talked about that before. It's one for me. Keppa. Uh, Keppa, Kevin Jones, Keppa as well. That's easy pick. We've had him as goalkeeper. Chelsea are looking really good defensively. And then uh, Tarkovsky, that's your pick, Kimo. You finally got to pick him this week since you didn't get uh, to pick him yeah, last week. I mean, yeah, Sc- scoring from corner is becoming like a habit yeah. for him. He was so well, close to scoring against Liverpool as well, yeah. right before the 1-0 goal. So I know yeah. Kevin is agonized about that, but we'll move on. Uh, I have the final midfield pick and I'm just going to stick with Rashford. I think he's just in such Easy. good form. You, you mm. still got to have him, even though Man United have the least fixture because they blank in 25 and they blank in 28. I, th- I still think you need to have Rashford, at least for this uh, final game against Leicester. Then potentially you could sell him, but I'm, I'm probably going to keep him on my bench for game week 28 and 32 and all those games. So, so yeah. Gabriel, that's uh, just the final Arsenal option. We need a triple Arsenal, and uh, that makes a lot of sense. Gabriel, we had a little discussion about which Arsenal defender to pick, but I think we all kind of know that Gabriel is the most nailed still out of all the defenders, and he also scored the most goals out of any defender last season. So... Makes a lot of sense as well. Ben Mee, Kimo picked uh, Ben Mee as his final pick. Um, again, Brentford, same situation. Like we would like to talk about, we'd like to have yeah. two, two players from Brighton and uh, Brentford. We don't have Tony in this, so we went with me instead because we can afford it. Uh, but you can mention when he doesn't play. I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. Ben Mee has also been really good lately and he's, he's shown that he can score goals as well. So it makes sense. My final pick, I uh, had to go with Kilman. I really wanted to go with uh, 
Craig Dawson, Ballon Dawson, as he's been known for Western fans like me. Um, but yeah, he's uh, slightly too expensive for this team, considering my team uh, value is pretty low. And then finally, the goalkeeper, Fraser Forster, had a good save on the right before the goal for Milan yesterday, but Raheem Diaz headed in 1-0 anyway. Considered four goals against Leicester, it should be also be noted. Um, don't really know about Spurs, but Uris isn't the best goalkeeper, but who knows when they lose the captain, maybe they're struggling defensively. Maybe Uris does stuff other than making mistakes. <laughs> he might actually be like a calming presence and stuff, so don't really know. But anyways, Forster is 3.9, mm. a cheap option. Moving on to the next week's game week plans, game week 24 plans. Kimo, first up, we talked about Felix a whole lot, and you're selling Mitrovic to do it. So what do you feel about that transfer? Um, yeah, Mitrovic to I Felix. think I could, I, could, I could save a transfer, but I think that uh, there's a higher transfer for me than Fel- that Felix scores more than Mitrovic scores against Brighton. So yeah, I'm really fed up with Mitrovic as well. Yeah. As you can see in the fixture ticker, Fulham have really tough fixtures and we don't know if they have a the Gaming 28 fixture. So Mitrovic no. is a strange option and Mitrovic yeah. is so... It's impossible to know what he's going to do. Maybe he scores every game going forward. Who knows? <laughs> he could do that. It, it can game. happen. It can, it, happen, it can happen. So yeah. it's slightly risky, but at the same time, Mitrovic is sort of like... A, well, most people are looking to sell him and Felix is yeah. someone a lot of people are looking to buy. So why not do it this week when, yeah. when Chelsea have a good game as well? So... And captain, I, I don't think I will, I will change it from Holland. Yeah. It might be Rashford, but it depends. If Holland is injured, will be Rashford. If not, then I'll, I'll keep it like this. This is my team, no changes. I think so. That's the interesting thing, uh, captaincy. Um, you have Holland still as captain. I'll move on to my team. I don't have Holland captain. I have Fernandes captain. I kind of yeah. want to back him just just because I feel like he should have had more points. He should have scored uh, against yeah. Leeds and had probably bonus points and all that stuff. That said, Rashford is the better Man United option, probably. So um, maybe I just go with Rashford since it's a differential anyway. I think most people mm. will captain Holland. So I think I'm going to go with either Rashford or Fernandes, uh, really, as captain. And uh, as far as transfer moves go, I just want to just keep my transfers, get two transfers for Game Week 25, which is a blank yeah. double Game Week, just to have two transfers there in case I want two Liverpool players or yeah. whatever I, I want to do. I just want to keep the transfer, really. I, th- I think my team is really good. Also a little mistake here, as see as well. Reese James is a Man City kit and Lewis is a Chelsea kit, classic. Uh, but yeah, I always rotate those two guys. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. But I think Reese James, uh, I think he's going to play going forward. And Southampton all makes a lot of sense. And Lewis, yeah. I, don't, I don't trust Lewis at all. So yeah. I think Lewis, Andreas Bueno is just going to be my bench going forward. Um, bueno, don't mm. really know if he's going to start going forward. Andreas, he's good in a pinch, but I don't know. He's He's just a bench option for me. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me in terms of my plans. And we'll move right along to Kevin. He's also looking to stand pat and not do any transfers. So you can talk more about that. And you can also talk about your captaincy pick and what your thoughts are about it's that. It's interesting. So many, I like that there's so many div- um, diversity in choosing uh, captaincy. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just because all three of us are uh, willing to sort of risk it a little bit just to see you know because like Holland just kind of sucked as a captain this game week I mean we'll we'll see because he might score a hat-trick and then everything's fine right but at the end of the day I think it's going to require some risks to go up the ranks anyways so I think if there's any week that's felt sort of like it's okay to not captain Holland I feel like this one is um, a good one because I mean, Matoma against Fulham isn't the worst option considering that Brighton are really good at home. Uh, Leicester at home, you know, for Rashford looks increasingly good. 
Kane at home against West Ham looks also really good. So, so for me, it's just more about which one of these assets do I trust the most? And I don't trust Kane. I do trust Rashford, so that's why he is the vice. So we could switch from Kane to uh, Rashford. But I still back the whole statement game. Kane is very much like this. When he goes blanking, there's just one match just very close to these blanks that he just goes absolutely insane. Why not do it against a you know a local rival in the sense of West Ham and London rival in that sense? So yeah, I could see him going crazy, especially considering the fact that they they must be disappointed with um, a one no loss because it's if they lost three no something like that you know it's like whatever you you lost to a better team but losing one nil away from home that must irk them quite a bit considering the fact that they're hoping to get more out of that result and Champions League where they've looked kind of decent. So, yeah, um, we'll have to wait and see in terms of whether it ends up being Rashford or Kane. But other than that, I don't see any stress in having to sell any players. Will I bench De Bruyne for Almiron? I don't think I will. But a part of me is like, should I just play Almiron just for the sake of it one last time before I sell his ass in... uh, in for game week 25 we'll have to wait and see yeah so that's uh, Kevin's plans um, but yeah I think if you want to play Almiron over De Bruyne I would just do a transfer in midfield somehow um, but yeah I don't know who, which transfer that would be because there are not that many good midfielders like, it felt like a couple games ago it felt like you needed like six or seven midfielders but now I'm not so sure like like, like we saw in the weekly wildcard draft we were kind of stumped on midfielders when we started selecting defenders before we finished all our midfielders, which is really rare for us. We usually go five midfielders before anything else, really. Um, but yeah, yes, I think that's the interesting part. And also the captaincy thing is also also interesting. Um, but yeah, those are our plans. Um, move on to the outro. It's the end of the podcast. Uh, obviously, like, share, and subscribe on uh, YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also join our mini league, which is league code 6IYV7U, as always. There's also, we've also had some um, discussions about what we want to do with the podcast going forward. And I've also been talking to some of Kevin's friends here in London who are loyal listeners to the show. They came with a mm. lot of constructive criticism, which is always really good. So if you have any constructive criticism, please enter it in the chat down below or chat, I say, comment section down below on YouTube. Um, if you have any, any ideas or criticism or what you want to change in the podcast, and be sure to let us know. And uh, some of the changes that we've been talking about, I th- I've also been pondering for a while now if I want to do like my own separate videos on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays and Fridays when we don't usually produce content. Um, that way we could also move out like my game week, tw- like my former game week and my future game week uh, plans uh, to a different video. So we don't really have to talk about that here. I talk enough as it is in the podcast. So <laughs> I could rather be like a helpful guy for you guys to talk about your game weeks and stuff. Um, so that's one of the ideas we have. We also have an idea of highlighting a manager every week from our mini league. So that's also a good case for you to join the mini league so we can talk about your team. If you're the highest scoring uh, player that game week, we can talk about your team and how it looks going forward and stuff and give you tips as well. Um, so I think that's also a good idea to get you guys more involved. Um, so anyways, uh, before I let Kevin have the last word, I'll let Kimo also say his piece and uh, yeah, what you have in your mind going forward, Kimo. No, I think I really want De Bruyne to score. <laughs> that's that's what I wish tonight. Just like one one big boost for my season. I really want to come back. Really want it. 
Okay, famous last words. Famous, famous last words. Pep is going to humble Arteta and Arsenal. Good night. Yeah. <laughs>